you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's a privilege to join the host of heaven to ascribe worship to you. To bring worship to your holy name. To bring worship to your majesty. It's a rare privilege to join the host of angels in their innumerable company to add our voices to your worship. It's a rare privilege, Lord. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. It's a privilege that we can supply you worship. It's a rare privilege. Not all men have this privilege. Even though you desire that all men would come into this opportunity. Thank you, Jesus. We don't take this for granted. To lift up holy hands to you. To shout hallelujah to you. We don't take it for granted at all. We haven't sorry the times we thought it was something we gained by our own hard work. But we know it's a privilege. It's a privilege to stand in your courts. It's even a privilege to enter. It's a privilege to stand in that court. It's a, priv- it's a rare privilege. Because it's the same court the high priest would have to tie a chain to their feet to enter. And perhaps if they die, they will pull them out. It's still the same. This is the same presence. We do not take this for granted. We see what Jesus has done. We see what Jesus has done. Our opportunity is because of what Jesus has done. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. We thank you for this privilege. We thank you that even all the days of our lives, we will not lose this privilege. Every second, every moment, the thing that worked within us would only respond to this opportunity. We will maximize this opportunity while we are on earth. We would maximize it. We would use it till the last breath in our soul. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you started your work and missed us today. Thank you for deliverance that is happening already. Thank you for breakthrough. Thank you for deliverances, even in places we least expect. Thank you for bringing solution to the problems that we have even forgotten and closed the chapters. Thank you for illumination that you will bring tonight. Thank you for the godly perspective that you will bring to us today. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for walking into the room and walking amongst us. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. We are so grateful. We are so grateful that unto you our gathering is. Thank you. It's a rare privilege. It's a rare privilege. It's a rare privilege that we do not take for granted. In Jesus' mighty name, I will pray. Hallelujah. Can we have our seats, please? I really want to appreciate God for the gift of life today. Uh, uh, we know if if God was not on our side, uh, devil would perpetually make a mess of us. And so, I personally am grateful to God for the gift of life. I'm grateful for what God is doing in my life. And I'm also grateful for what God is doing in your life as well. It's good to see our faces today. How was work? Those that went to work and those that were markets, those that were home. How was your day? Okay. Um, I also want to really appreciate Happy. I want to appreciate him for this opportunity to stand before every one of us. Uh, it's a Strange and a rare privilege. And to uh, stand before us is not, uh, is not something that is cheap. And uh, I really want to appreciate him. I want to thank him. I pray that God will continue to bless him in Jesus' name. And uh, I hope we are here to be blessed, right? <laughs> uh, you know, at times, worship textures service, whether you like it or not, uh, it does that, worship does that, uh, it's for our good, so that uh, if you were not around when they prayed, probably get a sense of what the order of the service is by worshiping God, you know, there's a way your heart has plans, but by the time you join the service, I mean you join with your heart and with your mind, you just find out that we're able to pick the order of the program and uh, you are keen in on your aligning. Amen. Sorry, can you hear me very well? Do I, or do I need to put volume? Amen. Yeah. Um, so today, I, I, I really want us to we'll be very fast uh, because there's actually a lot uh, that... Uh, Bothers around this topic or this subject. And I'm really trusting God that uh, God will give us as an inheritance here. Uh, now, before, so your, your aim might not be strong yet until you hear it. So let me say it first before so that then I'll now say what I said again. Uh, the title of the message is Gift of Men, uh, which you can also relate as uh, divine helpers. Gift of Men. Gift of Men. Uh, divine helper. So let me pray the prayer again that God will give us this tool as an inheritance in Jesus' name. Amen. And you can see that the prayer has changed. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, but before we go in depth into the subject of uh, gift of men, and interestingly, you know, this 
uh, the Lord began to minister to me personally around this during SOD uh, last year. And uh, I was writing down some thoughts around this for myself, you know, as uh, I was being inspired in my heart. Uh, but suddenly the, conver- the, the conversation changed. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, the thoughts I wrote down was probably just one page on my tab. But by the time the conversation, uh, the conversation changed, it was a, like a whole lot of thoughts that I was like, wow. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's God that inspires us. Amen. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. I don't know why they bought iPhone for me. Honestly, actually, I don't know why. But, like the phone is, is a suspect. Yeah, Hebrews chapter 12. I wanted to set my timer, but I used my wristwatch. Yeah. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. My emphasis in this verse is, let us run. The race uh, with endurance, the race that is set before us. Hallelujah, Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And so the the writer of Hebrews is drawing our attention to so many things here. But like I said, my emphasis is that we have a race that we were being admonished to endure, uh, to run that race. And so every man that God appoints uh, on earth to run a race is, is a privilege, right? Uh, if, if God says that, uh, uh, Laulu, I, I want you to run this race, it's, it's a privilege. And so every man that God appoints to a race, it's a journey that they embark on uh, because God has introduced them to his plan and his will, Right? Uh, God wouldn't ask you to do a thing, except it's in the will of God. Uh, I think if you're a student of this house or a child of this house, uh, this word should be very familiar to you, that God is only instructed by his counsel. Uh, God doesn't do anything outside of his will. And so, when we are asked to endure a race that is set before us, uh, it's because this race is in the plan and it's in the will of God. Hallelujah. Uh, we are not set to run this race because, uh, because we are on earth. We just have to run a race. No. That's, that's, uh, if that is the reason, then every man will be running this race. So the reason why, uh, 
we are being asked to run this race is because it's informed by the plan and the will of God. The will of God is what governs or what instituted the race in the first place. And so when God appointed us, and I mean, you could look at it from uh, the point of salvation, you know, because you, uh, you gave your life to Christ. You are ordained into this uh, beautiful race that the writer of Hebrews here is saying we should endure. Uh, probably that could also signify that maybe it's something that could uh, take you out if you don't stay. And that's why we're being told to endure. And so a man can only be deserving of this race as soon as he is born into the will of God or he's experienced salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, and that's why you won't put it. It's an untoward expectation to look towards uh, maybe someone who is not saved uh, in this context. Uh, you can't expect that he's running a race. He does not have a race. He's waking up every morning to run. Uh, he wakes up as a man. Dig it. But for us, because we are saved, uh, when we remember or we are being told about the scripture, it signals to us that uh, our two feet, I mean spiritual feet, is on a journey. Right? Is on a journey. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, like I said, a man is entitled to this because, you know, you have been born into the will of God. The will of God confers upon us this opportunity to be on this race. So it's not, uh, uh, it's not far-fetched that we are being told to endure, but that's not even the, the focus. The focus for me today is that we have a race. Whether you're enduring today or not, let's leave that one aside first. Uh, we have a race to run. We are on a race. We're on a journey. It's a course, uh, C-O-U-R-S-E. Dig it. I remember when I was a bit young, I struggled a lot to differentiate between C-A-U-S-E and C-O-U-R-S-E. Like, because they are the same pronunciation. And so it's a journey, it's a course that God sets our feet upon. And every day of our lives, every breath in us is always anticipating, oh, you know, where am I on this race? Have I started? No, I mean, if you're probably asking whether you're on the race or not, maybe it's a, it's a question of salvation complex. <laughs> if there's something like that. You know, but we're waking up every day to ask ourselves, you know, what am I really, am I still on the race? You know, I think like Papi read some weeks back, you know, you examine yourself whether you are still in the faith. Now that's this race. You know, this race is that faith. You know, when it says the faith that was handed over to us, you know, it's just like maybe like a baton type of a thing and they handed something over to you. But what I'm saying this evening is that we are all on a race. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I hope there's no one here that wants to check out uh, yet. You know, you would need that endurance. And uh, let's, let's look at Second Timothy just to understand the idea that uh, since God initiated his will with us through salvation, uh, we started a race or we were introduced into a race. Second Timothy 4, 6 to 8. Um, Apostle Paul here was giving a retrospection of his journey. And he said, For I am being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. 
I have kept the faith. What's verse 8? Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all those who loved his appearing. And also those who ran the race and completed the race. Uh, please move forward. Okay, yeah, I think it's just, just for tweet. But let's go back to 6 to 7. Just to see where Apostle Paul highlighted uh, the context race. Or the conversation race. He says, I have finished the race. Um, for anyone asking, this is Apostle Paul's race. Uh, this is not necessarily maybe he finished all the race the other apostles could not finish. It was his own race. He has finished the race. You know, in Hebrews he says we should, with endurance, you know, run the race. And so, um, let's, let's go to Philippians. Let's just read all the scriptures that has to bother about. Because this is not where, and I don't want to spend time here. Not because I have a lot to spend time saying here. This is not the... <laughs> The matter. So let's go to Philippians 3, 12 to 16. It's also another retro for Apostle Paul here. He says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same... No, 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 12. 12. Or maybe go to... Uh, uh, go to 11. Let's see. Okay, I think it's 12 that started our conversation. So it says, not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to be apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. 16. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. So 12 to about 14 was describing a typical race where it was forgetting the things behind, looking forward to achieving the goal of what is ahead ahead of him. Lastly, let's read 1 Corinthians 9. So these three body of scriptures that we're reading is to help us highlight the conversation race. That we are on a race, we have a race to run, uh, we are running a race Sorry, let me, verse 24, sorry. Seems I will help you call everything so that you can. It says, do you not know that those who run in a race all run? So if you are not running and you think you have a race, you don't have a race. You know? So it says, if you have a race, you have to run. But one receives the prize. Now, don't ask, you know, which out of all of us will run? <laughs> Is your race. You are the only one under your race. So, uh, if you don't collect the price, nobody has collected your price. <laughs> so, let's, let's not, uh, I'm not running your race, so it's not like I'll collect your price on your race. So, but yeah, but one receives the price. So, it's giving a typical analogy of a normal athletic race. 
you have uh, maybe one to ten or one to eight. Uh, you know, every time I see Nigeria on a track, I'm like, huh? It's like ninth or tenth. It's always surprising when Nigeria carries first to third. It's U.S. that is not surprising for them. It's normal for U.S. to do one to third. It says, but one receives the price. It says, run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. There are a lot of things to learn here. But that's, that's actually not, like I said, understanding the race is not our focus today. Now, they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Keep going, we're going to 27. Therefore, I run this, not with uncertainty. I like that. It's saying, I'm running this, my race, with every form of zero doubt. Like, not, I'm too sure. No, it's not too sure. You can be too sure, and yet, some things might not be sure. He's saying, I'm running this race with complete certainty, with no uncertainty. Thus, I fight, not as one who beats the air. Verse 27. But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to myself, uh, to others, I myself become disqualified. I remember this scripture very well in Unilag then. Whenever we go for uh, any, let me, I mean, maybe like, like, uh, like this, I mean, when we go for a retreat, basically, and they want we preachers or people that preach to be sober. So they always preach this to us. <laughs> always, no, no, it's a good reminder. It's not bad though, but it's very, it's, it's something that they would, uh, they would mention or they would preach or they would talk about so that, uh, uh, you know, would all, you can't be leaving that meeting happy. And I remember then, <laughs> you know, so when we were in school then and, Whenever we were in that, uh, in that meeting, we were just like, the crux of this sermon is that we would always repent. You will feel as if you have not gotten born again. If I mention some of that, and some of you might know uh, the direction I'm going, but I'm trying to not say much. And so he says that he disciplines himself and brings his body into subjection, lest when he has preached to others, he himself may become disqualified hallelujah hallelujah so we have a race right we have a race to run you know if you think you are less busy you are not less busy you know uh if you think you have time if you think you you know there was a time i just understood that i don't have time to waste even i didn't have revelation behind it i just told myself i can't be wasting uh you know when you say i want to while away time like that and i've removed it from my vocabulary you know I even always tell people, don't say you are free. You are not free, you are available. <laughs> this, because the sense of free is that you don't have anything doing. But the sense of availability is that I can borrow time out of my race to attend to you. Yeah. So I'm available. So it's just a mindset. It's not, there's no remark behind it. All. So don't... <laughs> it's just a mindset. I wanted to help myself. But I remember then, I would just tell myself, I want to while away time and watch him. And after watching the film, you know you've wiled away time you get or maybe you say oh i just want to sleep throughout the day you know to while away time and it was here in church i learned that you can even sleep 
you know, you feel more tired, you know, like Pabi said, you that you slept more than the required number of hours, you know, you wake up more tired than people that are, <laughs> that are agile and up and doing. Hallelujah. And so, you know, I, I don't want us to forget this. You know, I want us, I want it to, to, to stay with us that we are alive because there's a race to run. We are, we are worthy for another breath because there's, there's uh, a race to look into, you know, look into what God is saying about it, you know, how God is helping you, how God is giving you endurance to stay on that race. Hallelujah. And so when a race is set, three to four things are very, maybe more, but for this conversation, three to four things are very germane. One is the destination. When, when they set a race, if they say 100 meters, um, if you think the 100 meters is you stop maybe at 50 meters, obviously you wouldn't win the race, right? So there's a destination. Like everybody, you know, you ask, where's the destination? If they say 5,000 miles, 3,000, anything, if they even say swimming, you know, you know the destination. So the destination is one important thing to discuss. Two is the roadmap. How do I get uh, to the destination? You know, I don't know anybody who has started a journey without, uh, I mean, recently maybe using Google Map. I mean, like a journey you don't know. You know, you know your destination. You know, I remember when I was going to come to Fire and Wisdom Conference in Nikiti. Thank God the driver did not tell me. It was when I got there that I found out that the guy used Google Map to get to Ekiti. <laughs> now, literally, we could have been lost. Like, that was, I don't know where I got that boldness from. Like, you use Google Map. You know there are places where the network doesn't work. You know, because I always tell myself, and I've argued before that, you know, Google Map uses GPS. They don't use internet. It was until I got stuck, and I didn't have internet, and it was not working. <laughs> So I now respect that you need internet to use Google Map itself. You can just go offline, and it wouldn't give you the right coordinate when you need to. So the man literally used Google Map to get to a kitty. And I asked him that, Baba, he go. He didn't tell me that he had not, he does not know a kitty. He has not driven to a kitty before. It was until we passed a one way. You know, Google Map took us to one way. Then both of us now look at ourselves. How are you going? Is there a Google Map land low? We are, we are gotten to the, the new road in Ado, the new road that leads to Ado. And that was, we now part, we mistakenly did a flyover, then we now saw that we were one way actually. And we now looked at ourselves. And, uh, we looked at our Google Map, we looked at ourselves, and we told that, let's, uh, let's go back. So, the roadmap is very important, right? Yeah. You know, people even, they will question you a lot about the roadmap before, they, they don't believe they are safe. You know, like it's, it's a question of how are we going to get there? You know, the third thing that is very important to discuss when you have a race to run is the rules of the race. The rules of the race. The rules of the race. I think there's a place in the new, I think maybe we even read it. It says, you know, you can't run a race without adhering to the rules. You will get disqualified. I'm just paraphrasing. Then the last one is support systems. Support systems. And so this, the, 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 the conversation will be focusing on around gifts, gift of men, uh, slash, you know, divine helpers is this support systems. 
But the support system itself, you know this Bible study, so please bear with... Uh, no, why do you need to bear? You don't need to bear. can't be apologizing for... If I was doing presentation now at the office, I would say bear. If you don't bear, endure. <laughs> and so under this support system, you no know, support system, basically, while you are running the race, these are the things that sustains you on that race. That's what I mean by support system. And so when we look at support, now, don't, don't think outside. I mean, we're going to go to some serious Bible study in... Uh, First, uh, first Samuel, very soon. So I'm not, uh, I'm not, it's, this, this is strategic. God has an intention tonight. Amen. 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 And so when we look at support systems, uh, I also don't want us to think too far. So let me quickly help us with some thoughts. One, you can look at this from the Holy Spirit being our helper in this race. The Holy Spirit being our helper. Let's quickly go to John 14. Uh, Isaiah, please, let's be a bit fast. John 14, 15 to 16. 14, 15 to 16. Glory to Jesus. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father. He will give you another helper. Can we say helper? Helper. Can we say helper? Helper. That he may abide with you. Forever. Can you go to 20? No, no, no. Till 18. 15 to 18. I, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Uh, no, no, you should jump to 15 to 18. So that's 15, 16, 17, 18. So it says, I will give you helper, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be with you. It will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. 26. Now, this is the awkward moment. <laughs> Amen. Okay. But the helper, that is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance of all things that I said to you. So this is helper in the context of the Holy Spirit, supporting us in this race, in this journey. That, this, is a, this is a huge support system that God gave to us while Jesus left the earth says, I will not go without leaving you with an helper. Amen. Amen. Let's also look at John fifteen twenty six. John fifteen twenty six. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you, for the Father loves you. Because you have loved me and have believed that I come forth. I come forth from the Father and I've come into the world again. I leave the world and go to my Father. I hope I'm reading the right. Sorry. 15, 26. Thank you, sir. But when the helper comes, that's still the Holy Spirit. 
being a support system for us on this journey. Whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. Now, so the Holy Spirit, I'm wanting us to understand that the Holy Spirit is a support system for us to assure us safety, success, getting to the end of the journey, even understanding the roadmap or understanding how God intends us to get to the destination, even understanding the body of the, of the destination itself, like this is where you're going to, this is where you're heading to. So the Holy Spirit is a huge support system. Hallelujah. Amen. The second thing I want us to know before we run away from here that I can also say is a support system are angels. Angels. Now, we said it's gift of men we're talking about. So it's not gift of angels that help us, no. Gift of men that are divine help us. So, but angels are also support systems. Uh, can we quickly go to Hebrews 1.14? I think we should probably be able to quote that off and Hebrews 1.14. It says, are they not? Now, this was an heralding into we understanding the person and the beauty and the image of Christ. Uh, but here, you know, just running so that we don't read everywhere. He says, he was talking about the angels, you know, where he had said, what man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou dost visited him. Uh, you have made him a little lower than the angels. But now here, we are here. He now said, the angels, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? Hallelujah. We are all those who would inherit salvation. And here it typically says that the angels would minister to us. A a way to look at it is also when Jesus was praying in that garden. He says angels came to strengthen him, to support him, to strengthen him. Because he had a race in front of him. Hallelujah. Let's also look at Psalms 91, 11 to 12. And this was also used in the temptation of Jesus. He says, for he shall give his angels charge over you. You know, the case of Jesus was if, if he falls down, he wouldn't dash his foot on the stone that the angels would give, they would keep charge over him. He says, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot Against the sun. This is a reality that angels still give to people. Yeah. Probably you're meant to just walk into an accident. You know, angelic intervention. It's still, it's still happening. Oh, God. <laughs> At least me, I know that my papi, they get them. So even <laughs> if you don't know whether it still happens or not. Angelic interventions. Yeah. Where you just know that it could have been you. Yeah. No man could have orchestrated that. So angelic interventions. God using his angels to provide succor, to provide help, to provide comfort as you go on this journey. So those are two support systems that I want us to just highlight but leave and then go deep into the gift of men. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. I think I'm on time. So when we talk of gift of men... Or rather, I mean, put, you can interchangeably use them, divine helpers. You know, I remember when I was very young, not like baby, but I mean, maybe a little younger than this. Because at times when we say when we are very young, it seems to me somebody's old. So when I was a little younger than this, I think that's the right, that's the right word. So whenever I hear 
you know, pray for divine helpers. No, no, sorry, destiny helpers. I'm like, what are you, I mean, what are you praying? Are you in the light or you are not in the light? Which one is, which one is destiny helpers? And I have a friend that will say, are you, are you in the light? He's not in the light. No, we take it away. <laughs> Remember? And, uh, <laughs> but I think after a while, I understood that there's something called destiny helpers. I mean, it's simply because many at times when we don't define things and when we associate ourselves with lingua, uh, we are a problem to ourselves. It simply just means people who got positions to help your destiny. Who does not want his destiny to be helped? And I feel like if that word originated from us, maybe we would have stuck with it. But because it originated from another company, it was not accepted. And so I used to have that complaint. I mean, why are they disturbing themselves? What's destiny help us? Like, don't you know your destiny is secured in the third heavens, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you, know, you know, like Papi always, by the time you leave school, <laughs> you will find the right prayer point. <laughs> you, I'm serious. The right prayer point, you will look for it. <laughs> yeah. Amen. And so divine help us are those who God has formed, prepared, and fashioned to provide support, help, guidance, and resources, and counsel for us to finish our race. You know, divine helpers are those who God has formed. Now, don't, if you treat without form, it might not be your own gift. God formed that person for you. God spent time. God invested. God did all he did over the years of his interaction with that man or with those men for you. That's why it's a gift. So God formed them. God fashioned them. God trained them. Some of them went through drilling exercises so that they can provide help guidance they can you know imagine going to a school of coach and you never planned to train people or mentor people you know that's that's not a fruitful exercise but you'll be in that class sitting down learning all the rudiments of being a coach understanding the people you would coach and you know you are going through a lot even you are going through the things that you yourself might not even exercise like a coach in a coach class thinking it will play UEFA. That's not, that, you are not in the, you are probably going to be training people that will be carrying those cups, taking uh, the awards and all those things. You get, you are going through the drilling exercise for the players, for the participants of the race. And so God forms them, God prepares them, God fashions them to provide support, to provide guidance, to provide counsel to provide resources as well, to provide help for us to finish, finish our race. And so, like I said, we'll quickly look into First Samuel. And I, I want us to, you know, look into the story of David and Jonathan. You know, that's one of the beautiful stories that you can find in the Bible, that relationship. There are other beautiful stories in the Bible. But the relationship between... David and Jonathan. It's an amazing story. Let's go to First Samuel. First Samuel, 
So we'll quickly read through this. Then I'll tell us implications of gift of men or divine helpers. Implications, meaning if you have them in your life, this is not even if you have them, you should have them in your life. And they should be doing these things in your life. Hallelujah. Let's go to 1 Samuel 18. It's a long read, but I would read very fast. It says, now when he had finished speaking to Saul. So the preceding, you know, we always like to give context. The chapter before was David bringing down Goliath. And, you know, David had had interactions with Saul. What we would give to the person that brings down this uncircumcised Philistine blah, and all of that. Now, we had, David has defeated uh, Goliath. The children of Israel are okay. But here, it starts another conversation. He says, now, when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan, so for those who don't know Jonathan, Jonathan is the son of Saul. He says here that the soul of Jonathan was neat to the soul of David. Now, don't read that lightly. Something started at that time. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. This is too much. No. I don't know if you love anybody as your soul today, but... uh, Saul took him that day, that took David that day, uh, and would not let him go home. So he took him into his house. And he would not let him go to his own father's house anymore. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant. Because he, Jonathan, loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his hammer, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. So let me quickly run. I want us to glean on how Jonathan opened this chapter. His soul was knit with David's soul. He loved David as his own soul. He gave all he had on him to David. And he also made a covenant with David. So David went out wherever Saul sent him and behaved wisely. And Saul sent, set him over the men of the war. And he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servant. Now it had happened as they were coming home. When David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistine, that the women had come out. Like, whenever I read this bit, I will say these are the Alakobas <laughs> that came out. <laughs> you know. The women had come out of all the cities of Israel, singing and chanting and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with joy, with musical instruments. <laughs> so the women, now you could see all this preparation, you think he's... You know, you see they are coming for... You know, imagine they, they are doing birthday surprise for you and you ended up being surprised in your surprise. Like, you later found out that the surprise was not for you. He says, the women said, Saul, you have slain a thousand. I probably guess they are correct. And David is ten thousand. Then Saul was very angry and the saying displeased him. And he said... They have ascribed to David 10,000, and to me they have ascribed only thousands. Now, what more can he have but the kingdom? So Saul hid David from that day forward. And it happened on the next day that the distressing spirit from God came upon Saul. 
and he prophesied. Let me stay there. So, those of you that have been prophesying, of which, which manner of spirit have you been prophesying? You know? So, David played music. So, David was in the house of Saul. And David played music with his hand as at other times. But there was a spear in Saul's hand. And Saul cast the spear. For he said, I will pin David to the wall. This, this is serious hatred. But David escaped his presence twice. Now Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but he departed from Saul. Therefore Saul removed from his presence, him from his presence, and made him his captain over a thousand, and he went out and came in before people. Now let me just summarize it because we are going to 19 and 20. So Saul's strategy was, I'll keep this guy in my house. Because I want to kill him, I don't want him to die by my hand. I would always send him to war. You know, after I kill 10,000, let him go and fight uh, other Philistines. He comes back again. He behaves himself wisely. He sends him back again. Go and fight. So he had that experience. Even he went as far as giving his daughter to David to still keep him in that environment. Uh, the, first, the person he wanted to marry wasn't possible. They betrothed that one to another person. That's Adriel. Uh, but later, David got married to Micah. Amen. Amen. But Saul kept his strategy. Send him back to war. Let him go and fight. But David would always come back victorious. Hallelujah. So let's go to 19. You know, they even ended that eight, chapter 18 with Saul, he uh, says Saul became David's enemy continually. You get so he wasn't he wasn't resting, and David was always vexing him. You know? So let's go to nineteen. So he says, now Saul spoke to Jonathan his son, and to all his servants that they should kill David. But Jonathan Saul, uh, Jonathan son Saul, chapter nineteen, sir. Yeah, I, I did summarize 18 so, so that we can move to 19. Now Saul spoke to Jonathan, his son, and to all his servants that they should kill David, but they should kill David, but Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted greatly in David. So Jonathan told David, saying, My father, Saul, seeks to kill you. Therefore, please be on your guard until morning. And stay in a secret place and hide. Now, guys, if David didn't listen or was not listening to Jonathan, David would die. Like, Jonathan was a strategic helper from God to David. See, he was anointed king, but men can take him out. Saul poured the oil on him, announced him king, and they were waiting for uh, Samuel anointed David, pronounced him king, and they were all waiting for David uh, Saul to mess up so that the kingdom would be taken from him and will put... But, but if David was not responsive to the vibes he was getting from Jonathan... You know, just imagine, I just took Goliath. I mean, where were you, son of uh, the king? <laughs> They are now doing farming. Like, he can easily ignore him. And there, there, there was no necessary obvious cost. 
But you can see here that the affection that started in chapter 18, where Jonathan and David's soul were already knit. So to Jonathan, a heart to David was a heart to him. Because the Bible says he loved David as his own soul. So you can imagine if they took David out, you've killed Jonathan. And so Jonathan went as a spy to tell David that, my father seeks to kill you. Therefore, please be on your guard until morning. Like those say, stay in a secret place and hide. See specific information. He says, and I will go out and stand by my father in the field where you are. And I will speak with my father about you. Then what I observe, I will tell you. You know, guys, I, I don't always believe before that, you know, this idea of you can't get to everywhere yourself. You need people in other rooms to speak for you. That thing is true. The reason why I'll tell you is true because me too, I've been in a place where I'm just arguing for somebody. I'm going to promote a lane, you. I think some years back, there was a lady they were to fire from a place. Like, all the leadership, they said, well, this lady, she has frustrated the company. She has frustrated me that owned the company. She has frustrated my co-founder. We have to. And they had... Legit reasons. Why does not this lady, she's not going anywhere. And they will say, oh, they have to say, oh, God, I will go and tell her that, see, this is what we have said. (laughs) Now, this is not somebody else that did this. So, because we might think we and God can finish everything. No, God is wise. He knows it is you, him, and others that he has formed for you. You can you can win this race yourself. Oh. Yes. Wow. Imagine if I was David that he anointed that day. <laughs> you know, anointing breaks the yoke by the uh, by the virtue of that. I mean, you will do exploits until you are pinned to the wall. <laughs> Imagine like a man of anointing pinned to the wall. He says, I will go out and stand by my father. I would speak to him again on your behalf. Since those Jonathan spoke well of David. I mean, that was like, spoke well. Like, you don't, you can't, you don't need to kill this guy. This guy is amazing. And I don't think he would lie. He would say, Daddy, he killed 10,000. 1,000. <laughs> Daddy, he killed 10,000. You know, it will even infuriate. <laughs> because so kept getting angry. It wasn't that they were speaking that, ah, and he's not that uh, sophisticated guy. That he look away from him is not a major thing. No, I don't think that was the type of advocacy Jonathan was making. It was the real advocacy of, this guy is the real deal. And you have to accept, you know, like, like when you, maybe they want to betray you and maybe your father-in-law is saying, no, we're not, there's somebody, is that the You know, is that, he's not saying that, ah, daddy, if you give him to somebody else, it might be the same. No, he's saying, Daddy, if this person marries another, it's rubbish. This is the deal. And Saul was always infuriated. He says, he said to him, let not the king sin against his servant, against David, because he has not sinned against you. And because his works have been very good toward you. It's like convicting your father. Without stress. It says, for he, took, for he took his life in his hands 
and killed the Philistine. And the Lord brought about a great deliverance for all Israel. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's interesting that yeah, if, if not for this guy, we will not be here. So, let's be, it's you that will commit sin, not him. He has not sinned. It's you that will sin. Says, King, don't sin. Am I there share? <laughs> so, Saul heeded the voice of Jonathan and Saul swore, As the Lord lives, he shall not be killed. Then Jonathan called David and told him all these things. So Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he was in his presence as in times past. Now, I want us to... Okay, let's read on. And there was a war again, and David went out and fought the Philistines and struck them with a mighty blow, and they fled from him. Now, the distress... Now, you can see that... He's not okay yet. You know, like I was saying, that it wasn't that when Jonathan spoke to him, he was like, okay, 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 let's just forget this boy and let's, let's move on. The, the distressing spirit of the Lord still came back again to trouble you so that sin is lying at your door. Okay? He says that spirit was upon Saul again and he sat in his house with his spear in his hand. Like, what is he doing with his spear? <laughs> Come and hear what he said. He says, as the Lord lives, he shall not be killed. That's what he said in verse 6. So Saul heeded the voice of Jonathan and swore, as the Lord lives, he shall not be killed. But now, go to verse 9. Again, there's a spear in his hand. And David was playing music with his hand. Then Saul sought to pin David to the wall with the spear. But he slipped away from, his, from Saul's presence. And he drove the spear into the wall. Like this guy meant this guy to die. And so David fled and escaped that night. <laughs> you know, the way, the way Papi reacted now is like a movie that, ah, who shall I escape from? You know, like actor and both, they didn't kill him again. But Saul kept making attempts. You know, the next one was he sent servants to his house to go kill him. Then the wife, which is the daughter of Saul, Gave him it again and said, Guy, don't sleep here. Now let's go to verse 20. Then David fled from Nihoth in Ramah. Sorry, chapter 20. Then David fled from Nihoth in Ramah and went and said to Jonathan, What have I done? What is my iniquity and what is my sin before your father that he seeks my life? So Jonathan said to him, by no means you shall not die. Indeed, my father will do nothing, either great or small, without first telling me. And why should my father hide this thing from me? It is not so. Then David took an oath again. No, you don't just, you don't take oath and covenant anyhow. This it's like David is seeing his lifeline. And the only person that is providing that lifeline is this guy. There, there was no other meaningful conversation for David. Aside from, let me just ensure that my heart and Jonathan's heart are well knit. So he, he took another oath. And said, your father certainly knows that I have found favor in your, in your eyes. And he has said, do not let Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly, as the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, there is but a step between me and death. So even David is aware that without this guy, death is 
is the closest destination, not to get to the throne. You can imagine someone would have anointed is going through this trauma, but his preservation was kept in the hands of Jonathan. So Jonathan said to David, whatever you yourself desire, I will do it for you. And David said to Jonathan, indeed, tomorrow is the new moon, and I shall not fail to sit with the king to eat. But let me go, that I may hide in the field until the third day at evening. If your father misses me at all, then say, David earnestly asked permission of me that he might run over to Bethlehem, a city, for there is a yearly sacrifice for there for all the family. If he says thus, it is well, your servant will be saved. But if he is very angry, be sure that evil is determined by him. Therefore, you shall deal kindly with your servant, for you have brought your servant into a covenant of the Lord with you. Nevertheless, if there is iniquity in me, kill me yourself, for why should you bring me to your father? But Jonathan said, far be it from you, for I knew certainly that evil was determined by my father to come upon you. Then would I not tell you? Then David said to Jonathan, who will tell me or what if your father answers you roughly. Jonathan said to David, come, let us go out into the field. So both of them went out into the field. Then Jonathan said to David, the Lord God of Israel is witness. When I sound, I have sounded out my father sometime tomorrow or the third day. And indeed there is good toward David. And I do not send to you and tell you, may the Lord do so and much more to Jonathan. But if he pleases my father to do you evil, then I will report it to you and send you away that you may go and say, like they were strategizing the events that will happen, like if he, if he behaves normal, we'll do this. If he comes out in vexation, we will do this. This is very, very strategic. Yeah. Now, I, I, I would say we should go read, I mean, I mean, go read 18, 19, 20 when we go home, you know, so that we can you know, put this conversation somewhere that I trust and I believe that God would have us. You know, I want to just quickly speak about the implications of the gifts of men and divine helpers. One, they are positioned into our lives as a mouthpiece of wisdom, counsel, and strategy for breakthrough. The reason why God places men in your life is so that you wouldn't be foolish. You know, Papi would always say, it goes back to ask those who are gone through the journey he is currently working in, and he would ask them, how would you have behaved if you had the opportunity to walk this path again? So the gift of men in our lives is to bring wisdom, counsel, strategic wisdom, not wise words. That's not what I'm saying. The Bible says in, in, the, in the multitude of counselors, their safety. Now, it's not in, in the multitude of wise words. Some of us think, you know, all these quotable quotes. No, that's, that's, you can dwell there and you are not safe. It's saying in the, in the multitude of counselors, those who God has given to you as a gift, those who God has positioned in your life as a gift, as divine helpers. Don't forget, they were formed for you. They were formed for you. They went through their own process for you. Imagine a Jonathan never existing. And you're, you're rising. You know, like I said, you, you need to... And you should be very careful if you are someone who... You, you prejudge 
everyone from afar. You're not able to discern effectively when God brings people into your life. You're not able to say, this is the reason why this person is in my life. Number two, they are positioned to... They are positioned to convey endorsement and opportunity into our lives. You know, like I said, you know, the lady in the office, see, our letter of signature had actually been typed before they hired me. Sorry, sorry, our letter of sack, like fire. And, you know, I always tell people at times, I feel like we, we can't think we are in a place for ourselves. You can be in a place for one month and you were just meant to fix a thing and move on. Now, you might not have all the details, but many a times you will have the details because you are not going aimlessly. There's a question of God, why am I here? And God tells you, you are here for this person. And then you do that assignment and God is saying, God, where is the next place? And so God positions men in our lives to help us see opportunities. You know, at times, I'm always grateful for the privilege and the access that I have with Papi. You, you know, you, you will just consider other matters. And that's, that's like the grace. Like, you have the opportunity to consider other matters. You know, you could have just come with a, a thought, and as you're just discussing, you know, we had a retreat two weeks ago, uh, the one we had at uh, Lacquer, uh And they asked us that we should write our... Uh, uh, celebrities. I, I couldn't write more than two people. And the first person I wrote was Papi, and I wrote it there. The, the, the wisdom and the confidence. You know, they would say, write the name of the person and what uh, the celebrity, you know, I was just like, if they say we should share our paper, they would be, <laughs> and I would defend it. Ah, if you don't know this, it's your problem. If you don't know my pastor, it's your trouble. And so the, the, the opportunity and the access, even endorsement. You know, at times, we don't believe ourselves. We don't know we can do. See, 90 to 100% of what I do today is by endorsement. Laulu, you can do this. Laulu, do this. Laulu, do this. And I want to find out that, oh, that's what God wanted me to do. Laulu, you can do this. You can take the opportunity. You can stay there. Don't live there. And you know, find out that, oh, I shouldn't have left in the first place. And so the gift of men helps us to see opportunity and also to receive endorsement. You know, you know you are valid. See, every one of us in this household, we know we have identity restored. That's endorsement. You could have just been anywhere, been anything. The third one, I'm actually rushing, is the gift of men, they are positioned into our lives to bring accurate interpretation of our times and season. I remember about... Five years ago, I had a particular dream that was accurately interpreted in this church. We were at Dankaro. And I think it was even Mama D that interpreted. Because even in that dream, I think I saw her as well. And, I mean, if you, if you were not around when we always do dreams and interpret, ah, it was like a breakfast. <laughs> you know, when they are doing breakfast, tea, and as in it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And everybody would be saying, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think. <laughs> you know? and yeah, and did it snap? You know? And if you know we didn't snap your own, you just know that, ah, I'll try again next time. 
He doesn't have to snap the first time. Even me, God, the one we, ah, it didn't snap. We'll just move on. At least, maybe somebody's going to help us snap. At least, everybody was going in confusion. And so, we were able to interpret times and season accurately. I knew then I had a five-year. I had a dream. It was flooded in that dream. And the interpretation came. So, you know, you could just have those type of dream. And if you're not in a local assembly like this, you'll be off. Yeah. You'll just buy dreams and interpretation booklets. You are off. Water, what does it mean? Lizard, what does it mean? Lion, what does it mean? Chum. You are out of the race. Amen. Amen. Gifts of men, they bring substance of preservation into our lives. Gifts of men, they bring substance of preservation. You know you can't die. See, guys, I travel because I know I can't die. Not because I told myself, Lord, you can't die now. No, no. It's because I have substance. From the gift that God has put, he said, oh, you can go for that journey. It's, that's the substance I have. And it's, I was telling a brother, I said, I was sent to this place as a servant. I was told to come here. And so my, my exploit here is because they sent me. It's not because I have anything to offer. And I was telling him, guy, if you are sent, is enough. Is enough. Is, is, is the one that sent you that they should go and fight. If you are sent, they sent you to a place to start something. They sent you to a place to do something. They sent you to a place to send the word. It's not you. You are sent. And so the substance you have will preserve you. It won't be that, ah, oh, if we just go to that place, the witches there can take me. No, I have substance of preservation from the gift that man has placed in my life. So they bring covering to you. In your journey as well. Then the last one here is gift of men are positioned to bring impartation. To bring impartation to you and to introduce you into the realms of God. You know, we, we, also, we always tell ourselves that you, know, you can't know this thing in your room. Only you. You are not self-made. You are not self-anything. The reason why God places the gift of men in your life is for you to be introduced into impartation. Things you can't assess yourself. That's why it's a gift. You can't assess it yourself. You, you most likely at times might not even deserve or have every data to deserve it. Like, it's not like you've done all. But God knows that you need them for your race. Now you can see that Without the gift of men, David would have been taken out of that race. He had a sure race, right? Probably he had, it. he had the destination to become the king of Israel. Maybe he had a roadmap, a blueprint. Okay, someone has poured oil on me. I will just wait for Saul to mess up. But in, in Saul messing up, there were plans to take him out. But I so much appreciate that he could understand the relationship between him and Jonathan. That this guy is my divine helper. See, discerning rightly is, is the barest minimum you can have on this race. It's not a luxury. It's like an important weapon. Knowing who to join yourself with. You know, at times... We can, like I said, we, from afar, you can just prejudge, just 
oh, this person is this, he has this certificate. You know, remember, you know, God has done deliver. See, I'm a testimony of deliverance. You know, sometimes I would just enter a room and I just tell myself, ah, what's my degree? Ah, I'm, I'm, I'm pass, oh, I'm third class, or oh, I'm second class. Oh, ah, this one is first class, this one is first class. But when I get back to those men that God has helped me to have access with, you tell me, no, no, apply now. And you apply and if you just find that it's your own application that is worth looking at. And so guys, we, we wouldn't joke with the gift of men that God has placed in our lives. <clears throat> Some of us, the doors and the breakthroughs that we are seeking, these are the men that would open them. There will be a man in that room fighting, speaking, saying we are not closing this, we are not moving an agenda. We are not seconding any agenda until we move this guy, until we promote this guy. Yes, it's, see, you won't pray for everything. You know, I remember, and I'll share this lastly. I remember there was a time when I was working with a company in the U.S. I was always just struggling with some of the work they were giving to me. And I was always like, ah, am I this doll? Carry this thing from here, move it here like this. Ah, now look, they will, they will fire you. Ah, struggling. Ah, every day was victory. Ah, today is over. <laughs> Start the next day. Until, amen. Until the Lord told me that, Laulu, all the problems in your life, the solution will not come from you. Yeah. And so I gained confidence in asking my colleague, Guy, Afua, come. You know this thing. You are the one teaching us this thing. Please, come on teach us. And even in that prayer, I also learned that even, because there was also the temptation of, guy, wait, wait, wait. May I know that side I can teach you that. No, no. I have to tell myself, you humble yourself. And the guy would just put me through, pam, pam, pam. I would say, collect. And I would always tell myself that at least he will not collect my salary. <laughs> so that was always, and all my problems were always being solved. They saw me as a problem solver, but with gifts. With men, people that, I would just say, ah, guy, you know this thing, no? Then he would say, okay, pam, pam, pam. At times, they would even yab me. Ah, that's how we, we are. You can't do much. You can't do much. But he would teach me. I would solve the problem. And on the ticket, on the board, it's still my name that is there. It's not his name. And so that humility helped me to appreciate that God sent helpers your way. You can't forever be in the desire to have all the resources you need for your race. God will send people to you. God will send resources to you. See, the battle is discerning them. The battle is when you misinterpret a man, you are gone. When you think, oh, the Jonathan is meant to come and celebrate you and not help you, preserve you on that journey, you just think he's a fan. He's not a fan. He's a soulmate. You see, interpreting people or discerning people is your greatest weapon here. You might think that person that you're working with is just a colleague. He might not just be a colleague. He's probably your, your advocate. I think they call it Oni Duro Abi. How do they? <laughs> Guys, this evening, I want us to live here with a breakthrough in our heart. Telling God and knowing fully well that every gift of men in our life will be appreciated and not be dishonored. Every gift of men in our lives will be regarded as such. Not less. They won't have to validate themselves. I'm a gift to you. I'm a gift. No. A gift does not announce itself. It's me that names it. 
I said, this is my gift. We will be more prosperous. We will be more in the things that God has designed for us when we are nurse and we stay aligned, identifying everything that God brings our way. We will not be taken out. And it's not a prayer per se. It's a reference to ensuring we are walking by the support system that God has provided, particularly the gift of men that God has brought into our lives divinely. It's not something you walk to yourself. Divinely, you just found that God connected you. See, David didn't plan to meet Jonathan. It wasn't that, ah, when I get to Saul's house, it's Jonathan I need to settle with first. No. Jonathan just longed after him. That's the way it connects. The gift just knows this is my place of blessing. This is where I'm meant to expand myself. This is where I'm meant to not be myself. I'm meant to help this other person. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Awesome. Amen. I have you see it. That was such, such profound word. Amen. That's a word from God. You know, and I want us to maximize that wisdom that God just gave to us. You know, today actually is, um, anniversary. Today is actually the day, right? Glory to Jesus. God is good. Amen. You can have your seat. God is good. God has been so good to us. God has been so good to us. You know, as a church, we have experienced the mercies of God. And um, we're not going to we're not going to act like it's a normal thing. It's a big, big deal what God has done. I don't know if I'll be able to recount some of the testimonies maybe maybe on sunday i'll be able to share some of them god has been good and he has done beyond our imagination you know usually when it's anniversary as a as a lead uh, pastor you feel like you know speaking or preaching or whatever you know but i'm completely not in the mood of, of doing that you know and there's a reason why I'm not in the mood because um, I'm, I'm fed already by the works of God. So I'm satisfied. Uh, you get the point now? Uh, well, not satisfied, fulfilled by the works of God. You know, the ability to just sit down and watch, like. I don't have to be involved. I'm, it's not. It's not like a bad car that that drives you. 
Well, if you are not walking, the car will not walk. <laughs> that's a bad car. And that's a bad life. That if you are not involved, the life will not move. But God has given us a house that if I'm not active, it works by itself. And, um, I, you know, and um, you are the, you are the fruit. Huh? You are the fruit. You are the, you are the sign and proof of the, of the apostleship that God has placed on us. Huh? And I was so grateful to God. The, the proof is not, it's not the physical things. You know, um, when you look at the preaching of Laolu today, it's not easy to it. The preaching is is you are enjoying is easy for him, it's easy for you. But what made it easy is grace. Uh, to be able to deliver the mind of God, and see, you know, whenever you whenever there is fun in eating good soup, is interesting. But the percentage of those that can make good soup is very. You know, sometimes you can know you can know if soup is sweet when you go to a party, if the food is sweet. By the time you check the tables and check the, how the people eat it, if you see that there's a lot of left <laughs> over, you just know. Let me know order for rice. It's like the the rice keep remaining, people are not finishing it. So, when you see things going smoothly, it's because expertise has happened. Expertise has been introduced. Yeah. And so just being, when you, when you are part of a house that blesses you hugely, you don't get, not that when you are the one doing something, you are blessed. When, just to be a part of the house and you are hugely blessed. You know, and, and that's what we are grateful for. The, you know, today I was just thinking, people are already celebrating eight years of marriage, you know, years, people are already having uh, football team as children. You know, it's just... <laughs> yeah, and what makes it amazing is people who you saw when they were trying to... Some of them, you saw them when they were even trying to pass jump. Yeah. I have people who, who I bought jump from for. Yeah. As fathers and all of that. I bought, I'm the one that bought jump from. And they are now evangelists. You know. It's, it's so amazing. One of my, one young guy came and, and he and his wife came to see me and they just said, they want to, they have a little gift. And then they just blessed me with a lot of dollars. And I'm like, ah, this small boy too has plenty of dollars like this. <laughs> yeah. People that you were struggling to pay their school fees. Yeah. It, it, it you see, it's the progress I'm talking about. It's the progress. People who were not 
mature have become counselors. I have some members that other pastors used to laugh at me. That, in fact, they used to pity me that you are doing fast already. They will laugh. I don't want me to comment negative about the person, and I will not. And I'm enjoying those members now. I mean, <laughs> they laughed. In fact, they will tell me some of the things those members have done. Maybe the guy did something last week. They will call me and say, do you know your member did this? And they will laugh at my member's immaturity. They will laugh, 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 laugh. And it, the issue is a, is a very... is an issue that is a mockery, actually. <laughs> but we have seen the hand of God move people. You know, I remember... Just not up to two years, just like a year or so month ago, where we just had faith that we we're going to purchase, you know, this place. And now, Pastor that I were talking, we had zero nera. We, the, the, the people knew us in our account and were telling them, When are you guys ready to sell? I'm saying we had zero nera in every, every way, every how. And God gave us a strategy and then. Um, and then from then till now, we have saved close to 30 million. I'm telling you. Go off. Oh, there's online people there. Okay, don't worry, leave them. I love you all, love you all. <laughs> I'm telling you. And, and, and all the things we have done is not from... There's no, there, is no, there is no wealthy person outside this house that is not a member of this church. That sends money to this church. Abi Pasovi, not one, not one person that will carry the pastors to go and greet every. <laughs> we are not doing courtesy greet visit to anybody. I tell you, anybody will go and greet for cost courtesy visit is for blessing. It's not for. It's not that we are trusting God. We have not invited guests. and You know, you, you invite some guests sometimes and you tell them that, ah, man, we are trusting God though. That before we even were able to host this meeting, it's messy. You are already preparing the guests that... <clears throat> yeah, someone, they, they do it to us, sir. Before we could even get sound for this meeting, sir. <laughs> I tell you, I'm talking about different ramific, different areas of of life. I was, I was, I was alone today, and um, I was just, I was just very, I was just so fulfilled, like the the miracles. I was so like. Like I'm, I'm, I was asking myself, like I asked myself, I, I, I think I even said it out, that how would the future be if the future is still completely, it's not even comparable to what we have now. Like I'm already, I'm, I'm fulfilled like, sometimes I feel like I'm an old man who will soon call his children and tell them, uh, Chukudi, you know, I will now come. <coughs> 
I'm, t- I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's, it's, it, uh, when I, when I see the miracles that God has done for the people, it just, it just gladdens me. You know, it excites. And I, and sometimes you see some people who are struggling and you genuinely wish they could just be here. You see, not because you want, not because you want members. You know, you just say, and this guy was here, will do well. He should just be here. He can trick himself in the middle. He should just here and be coming with his heart. He will get it right. And there are some people I see them once in four months. I cancel them. And we have been canceling on the same problem. And I sincerely do not know if that problem will be solved. Because I say this guy's problem. I will do the canceling, but because he needs to be in a place. And Laolo was talking about humility. Very powerful. And so we have had destiny helpers. Even as a church, we've had destiny helpers. The first day we came here, when, when I brought PK here, what did he do? He gave me a pen. And he said, with this pen, you will write the checks with which you will purchase this property. And he said, this place will be good for your offices. I'm talking about beer land where we thought we had gotten a place. He said, this will be your offices. God will provide for you guys a church facility. Those are destiny helpers. Who put substance in. When you thought you had... Yeah, that was what PK told me about six or seven years ago. And then it has come to pass. We are purchasing here, but it's not, it's not going to... It cannot be... I was telling you that we need to rearrange this our sitting arrangement. We, we should not get used to it. Because it's as though we sit like we pack ourselves like sardine. And then before you know it, your mind will get used to it. You know, this is not how normal people should be sitting. You know, we just pack ourselves and all of that. It's already like that. We're not to, this cannot be the church. You know. I was with Pastor Tunji the other day and he said, well, it can be one of your branches. Yeah, be it in a church or something. But you know, the, you know what makes this story interesting? It's because we all, we all saw it come from insignificant places. Insig- that's what makes it interesting. It was from zero. Huh? It was from Pastor Idara and Pastor Ubi borrowing me, dashing me. I passed my neighbor there, so I won't sleep in darkness. Yeah, as a single brother. As when I passed my neighbor Jen, and uh, I was just on that Jen. And I'll be there. Finish Bible study, I'll go to one place, eat fish, drink Ferus. I like Ferus because Ferus used to be like beer. <laughs> That's the reason I like Ferus. So. Since I can't drink beer again, let me still. <laughs> That's the only reason I like Ferris. So when I go to joints, I say, I'll move Ferris with glass cup. And I cancel like four bottles. <laughs> 
Praise God. Amen. I like that song you sang. You're a very powerful worshiper. Thank you so much. So, um, you sing it for us again on Sunday. It's been a, it's been a while we sang that song. Uh, I will do a new thing. Uh, stuff like that. Rivers in the desert. Of course, God gave us a baby on Monday. <laughs> I'm so grateful to God. Can I have my Bible? Don't worry, I'm not preaching anything. I'm not preaching. I don't feel like preaching. Even Sunday, I won't preach. It's only God that can make me preach. I don't feel like preaching. Except I have the encounter. God said I must. But Why are you preaching when you are, you are seeing what you want to talk about? You don't know. You don't understand. I've... By the message of God, I've, 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 I've passed a landmark in my life. Of not just doing a giddy to preach something abstract. My preaching is alive. You know, you know, I'm a big man. As you say, I'm a big man. Yeah, I'm a successful man. As you say. My preaching is no more, you know, you know, you know, you know, I'm not. If you don't believe me, E.G. Countless EG. You don't understand. You don't, you don't. So when you notice arrogance around me, it's not easy. It's not easy to avoid, not to be arrogant. I know I'm fight dealing with arrogance. See the quality homes. See the quality homes. Young boys and girls fighting and settling their quarries in their homes. And... <laughs> Do you know how you, which of I was I was there was a story of a particular lady going through some things and I'm like hey if this person was married to my son they cannot go through this not because my sons are perfect but you can't go to, if you are married to a member of this church, there are some things you will not. No, you will not. You will not go through it. You don't understand. You cannot go through it. All the instruments for correction. <laughs> yeah. One day, one man was fighting with his wife. They said they are no more doing. Blah, 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 blah. The wife left. The husband left. It was on Wednesday service. I just said, oh, yeah, you go back home. You go back and take all our souls and all of you go home. And on that day, we'll talk about what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And on that day, when there's time, we'll now analyze the issues on ground. It's, it's what God has done for us that makes that kind of life possible. It's a life. It's, it's not taco. It's, a, it's an existing substance that makes it possible. There's a way your wife or husband will treat you now. I will tell him, 
if you don't repent, will withdraw your salvation and will withdraw it. We will just withdraw it like this. All the bad dreams you used to have before you got saved. It will return. They will begin to beat you at night. Yes. We can deal with someone. Say, okay. More cheater. I'm excited. Seeing the word alive. I'm excited. Uh, it's more than excitement. I'm seeing the word alive. Like if the Lord told me that I wouldn't do anything again, that I'm done. I'm telling. I'm not. I'm not. If the Lord told me I wouldn't do anything again, that I'm done, I would thank Him, because it's a great privilege. What the opportunities He has given me, and not just the opportunity He gave me, what He has caused my eye to see, is a great privilege. So. I'm not longing to preach beautiful messages. Never. God has taken us past that level where you are forcing to paint an abstract picture. It's over. Yeah. What a powerful message. You know, one of the things I loved about that message was how Jonathan spoke of David behind the scene. For me, I feel that is the real proof of what happened before themselves. How Jonathan spoke. And I thought, I said I'll be doing some soul preaching and all of that about our souls, about our but so preaching does not describe it. But I'll be doing some preaching. It will be close to the kind of things Laolu just shared today. I'll be doing some real preaching. So that we can be free from some mental entanglements that will not allow us move, you know, move forward. And so, we just thank God. This morning the Lord gave me a word. He told me to go and pray. And then he gave me a scripture to pray with. You know, just in, early in the morning. And then I find out that that scripture is, gave me a particular verse to pray about. And I found out that that verse is actually in one of our chapters that God has given us consistently over the years as a church. Isaiah 54 has always been a consistent prophetic chapter for us. It, it describes this house. Isaiah Chapter 54. Single. How many of you have noticed this word has come over and over for years? Single barren, you who have not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not labored with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. You know, one of the things this house has done for me is that it has made me not to need to be part of any association of ministers. I'm telling you, I have no desire to be in a group or in a clique at all. And that's a big deal for those in the ministry. We always like, sometimes when you're in a group, you look like you are, 
you are doing something, you are happening. You know why? Because when I see what's happening in your lives, I'm healed of that desire or that imagination that is something happening in my life. The facts are too near. So I'm, I always feel like if you want to know if something is happening with me, you come first. One man was talking to me, he said, he said, he was asking about some people if, who he found out were, were serving here. And then he said, he said, but the way you, you play around, he said, I just hear that you are the one that did this. He said, this does not align. <laughs> I said, it aligns. You don't know. We play because the body that is inside ourselves, if we don't play it, we injure us. Many are the children of that one who people think is desolate. Many. You know, you will be, you are going to be free from this identity crisis matter. You will see what God has put in your hands and it will, it will excite you the most. You will not think something is going on out there or what something. On Sunday, I was, I will, when I'm, when I'm speaking, not preaching after the preachers are preached. I will, uh, maybe I will say one or two things. Oh, the next verse. Let's just have a long read. One, two, three, go. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your sticks. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations and make their solace. Now, see, go to three so that you people will not say I did not tell you. I like to tell you what will happen. This particular verse, you are going to see it real life. So don't say I did not tell you. You know, I've always prophesied for five years. That's how I've been prophesying. I tell you what will happen in five, five years. And it has been happening. Now, this one will soon, it will mature fully. In the next two years, this one will, this one will start, it has started already. But it will enter into full gear in the next two years. This particular verse that you are seeing is a living thing. (laughs) This particular verse is a living thing. There's, there are thousands of churches in this verse. There's oil rig. Oil wear is in this verse. There are a lot of schools in this verse. It's not, it's a real, it's a living thing. This verse that you are seeing here. Your descendants will inherit the nations. It's not that they will go to nations. They will go and own. It's not that they will go to nation and they will be blessed in the nation. Those are no, that's not the calling. The, the nation will become their own. So they will be giving out C of O. You don't believe, Abby. 
Because it's, it's angels that are running it. Some of them have seen them. When we started, there were two that breakthrough and favor. There are two consistent angels. They walk here. They, they are Niger- they are Ujujuans. They are, uh, yes. They are, they walk here. They are, they are, they are, and the new ones have been sent. The, some old ones have been, have been taken back to heaven. Then bigger ones have come. Yeah, bigger. Those ones are big boys. Those ones, those ones, no, they, those ones are high red. You know, the, those ones bad. They don't send anybody. And those are we do sports. Those ones are now in place. When you see me doing my mother, it's not that I'm doing jazz. Come on, we are watching. Jazz, it's just gesticulation. I be gesture, or I don't know what to call it. What English word is this? Give I just see Chrissy. I believe Ganity Gibre term is it's just I do seek. Is it? Are my friends here? They win, they will own the nations. Now, before this one happened, there might be battle. You know, we are no more afraid of battle. No more. You understand? Whenever we see battle now, well, I thank you, Jesus. Battle is now. Battle is now. But I will no day the battle, but I bring it on. Because victories upon victories have just made us not afraid anymore. Because we have seen a lot of battles, a lot of strange battles. We have battles that, that not naturally speaking, are not serious ones. But the angel of the Lord has always caused us to pass through troops and leap over walls. So we are not afraid of the enemy anymore. We are now more confident in our God. Praise God. We'll finish this verse, this chapter, maybe to, on Sunday. So that I can release you now. In the verse 16. We'll read the old chapter on Sunday, but in the verse 15. Start from 15 to 17. Look at it. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake. Yeah. Over your life, that will be the, that's it. Because this is the word, one of the, one of the word of this house, that the strategy to fall, if, if you are, if falling is hungry in you, what you need to do is to gather against. Yeah. 
if you have been finding it difficult to fall, if you employ this, it will happen. Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals in the fire, that bringeth forth an instrument for his work. I have created the waster to destroy. No weapon. I like this because the Lord knows civilizations will. If we start mentioning the weapons, there would have been a new weapon. Right now, even gone will not enter our body again. Gone. You don't know. Gone will not. Knife will no more enter. Gone will not enter. Whether spiritual weapon or physical weapon, he says, no weapon. Immediately, you, immediately, even if it's um, uh, something that was not a weapon, but immediately you decided to use it as a weapon. Anything you turn to weapon, uh, what the word upon our lives is that it neutralizes weapon. Immediately you turn it to a weapon, what you have put up, what will happen is that you no longer prosper. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue, tongue, you see, tongue is one of the most, it is, it is taken for granted. We think that thing is not a deadly weapon. Tongue. We take it for granted a lot. But the world knows tongue. Yes, yeah, so, you see, when, when the world, when somebody begins to rise in the world, they will organize PR, a, a huge complaint, to deal with tongue. Your perception of people is based on how you see people, it's not based on who they are. Yeah. It's tongue. Yes. In the world, it's a huge industry that sometimes it wants you to be well with you. You go and Submit yourself to one PR. Don't say, don't worry now. How did how did Buhari become president? Tongue. They just raised some tongues for him. The tongues arranged him, gave him suits, put him. He stood on desk. People began to speak. His driver is a Christian. Is this is a this? Is this is a that tongue? Why didn't we like him before? Tongue. Why did we start liking him then? Tongue. Tongue is powerful. Oh, it's you that don't appreciate Dino. Dino Melai. I'm Femi Fanny. You think the persons are fools that why are these why are they still employing this useless? Oh, it's you that think they are useless. They are the ones going on Channel TV and, and Arise. What are they releasing? Tongues. Those tongues is affecting things. The pendulum of opinions are shifting because of, because of tongue. You see that woman that just left APC? It's a tongue. Yes. If she's not relevant, why did they release a statement that is a lie? She's not living with Sakta. It's, it's tongue. Why did Obasanjo release that letter January 1? Tongue. Tongue is not joko. You need to wake up and say every tongue. 
Don't play with tongues. Don't say where. Well, let people say whatever they want to say. <laughs> you must treat tongue like assassination. Don't joke with tongue. Go. Every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, we condemn. It says, it's your work. It's you. You are, you are going, sometimes you just wake up and say, Father, in this industry, in this place, every tongue. Do you know they are, do you know, do you know they are musicians who are very talented? They have used tongue to finish them. Yeah. There's one rapper, he's always crying on Instagram. He's begging people. Yes. He offended some tongues. No, they are not playing his record. <laughs> the guys, they are ready to settle the quarry. <laughs> Tongues are powerful. But we will have a weapon. Yes. We don't go the way of the flesh. We just condemn it. Now, it says this is the heritage of the servants of God. That's our own heritage. That if you are a servant of God, one of the things you should be enjoying that one of the things God has given you as God's servant is what is the ability to condemn tongues and to make sure weapons that rise against you don't don't prosper because you are a servant of God. It might not happen to you, but if you are a servant of God, and He says their righteousness is from Me, is from Me. Their righteousness is from Me. So I'm the only tongue that have a say. You must know how to wield this scripture for warfare. Yeah. Don't play with it. You wield it for warfare and say, Father, every tongue I condemn and every weapon will not prosper. You are blessed.